With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, then there were two, two teams left standing in the AFC as the Bengals make it among the NFL's final four. The Bengals are back in the AFC Championship. Feels like just yesterday they were playing Patrick Mahomes back at Arrowhead Stadium last year. But we find ourselves in this situation again, my friends, as Cincinnati looks to go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls for the first and only time in franchise history. Welcome into another weekly postseason preview AFC Championship edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad. Andrew Gillis, Mike Nislik already back from Buffalo like we just teleported, although that would be nice if we could do that in a perfect world. But uh, just setting the stage, obviously, all eyes are on Patrick Mahomes and his status. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network said uh, that Mahomes is going to play, but the question is just how much they're going to rest him and uh, what that's going to look like during the week. Um, You can imagine, obviously... Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, the MVP frontrunner, they're going to have someone with him basically by his side the whole week, giving him just injections, rest, whatever it might be, uh, as he you know rolled up his ankle against uh, the Jaguars on Saturday. Before we get into his status, though, I mean, like just seeing the way he played, almost literally on one foot, on one leg, whatever you want to call it, like, is that impressive to you, or is that is that really just adrenaline, like like he said it was? Because he said that was just adrenaline running through his body at that point. I mean, it's both. Like he's the best quarterback in the league, and you you have a player of that caliber playing on one leg. Like I I, I know uh, I saw a lot of Bengals fans kind of get annoyed with this, where it was on Twitter, where it was like, yeah, I did. Oh, you know, I can't. You know, we're gonna have to deal with the Mahomes and this and that, and they're gonna have to talk about him more. Like I understand your frustration, but like. He's the best quarterback in the league, and he was playing on one leg, and he's like, I understand the argument was annoying, but Patrick Mahomes at 70% is still a top what quarterback in the league. Like, he's still really, really good. So, um, I mean, I think Lou Lou Anarumo has a a really unique challenge this week because, you know, obviously facing Mahomes is unique in and of itself, but I think that this is unique in the way that – Um, You have to test him. I think they, you know, you've seen kind of what they did in the last, you know, last year and, um, you know, in the AFC Championship game and the regular season game and this year where they use different guys as spies. They drop different guys into coverage. I think this year is a little bit different because I think you want to kind of, you know, you want to basically make him show you that that he can move because if he's just going to be a sitting duck back there, then you can kind of pin your ears back. So. Um, it's going to be a really interesting week to kind of monitor his health and see Absolutely. how he's uh, see how he's kind of progressing. 
Well, I mean, I, th I think that downplays the fact that he still can be an efficient pocket passer. I can think. Oh, of right. Him. I mean, there's no reason why he can't be successful um, if he gets protection up front. If he if he has to stay in the pocket, I mean, he's more. Obviously, there's more to his game if he's able to elude those rushers. But um, you know, and, and Andy Reid did speak to the media later in the day and said that the plan is for him to play. Um, right. Just reports. So um, you know, all systems go. I think the the thing that to, to watch is if he'll practice. I guess uh, Reed said he's never, Mahomes has never gone, not gone, not, you know, not practiced and played, but, you know, the plan would be if he doesn't, he'd still play this weekend, obviously, with the stakes being so high. Um, so, obviously, it'll just be what kind of condition he is, what, not, not whether or not he's going to play, um, I think is, is just the question. And obviously, you know, I think what I also heard too, um, I think either Reed or Rappaport said this, but you know, the injury that he had against Jacksonville was not as severe as what he sustained similarly back in 2019, which was the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Um, and that's also the year after Mahomes won MVP. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, Andrew, I, I really do understand now. Like, I always understood this, but I really see why you you were so just bent on saying that Mahomes is the front runner. Because I will admit, like, people can say what they want. Like, I know you mentioned what people are saying on Twitter, but I was very impressed, like, for him to just have that shot of adrenaline, to just play the way he played. And honestly, I do think the Jags shot themselves in the foot. That is another conversation. But if we're talking about just him and his play, uh, it was impressive. It was impressive how he put himself together, kept himself composed, and played like that. And no matter what happens to the Chiefs this week, like I don't think anyone's going to be shocked if and when Mahomes wins the MVP. Um, and so, yeah, it is going to be a very unique situation. But, you know, at worst case, even if he doesn't practice much, he's still going to watch film. He's still going to study up on, you know, the Bengals' defense, which I want to get into. Um, because you mentioned Anna Rumo and, like, you know, Eli Apple was in the locker room smoking a cigar, you know, and as he was puffing, he said, you know, Lou Anarumo is just a mad scientist. Um, he's not the first person to say that. This has kind of been said multiple times amongst the Bengals players. But um, I don't know if mad scientist is overused or cliche. I think Anarumo definitely thinks it is. But, I mean, when you just – we talk about it on the podcast, but to kind of follow up on just what they did to Josh Allen yesterday, it, it says a lot about, you know, how much better they've gotten this year. Like Joe Burrow said after the game, we're better on the O-line. We're better in special teams. And he said we're better on defense. Um, you know, Sam Hubbard's playing at the best he's played in his career. Trey Hendrickson, back-to-back -back Pro Bowls, no shocker. And then Joseph Osai couldn't even play last year because he was injured in the preseason. He was one of the first people to nearly get to Allen on that first drive. And then it was Hendrickson. And then you had, you know, Dax Hill, who they didn't have last year, a rookie on Dawson Knox because you didn't have Trey Flowers, who... Uh, his health is going to be also monitored this week to see if he'll be healthy to play against the Chiefs. He has a hamstring injury that made him miss on Sunday. But you look at the pieces they've added or the pieces that they have that have already gotten better. I mean, you just think about what they did to Mahomes last year in Arrowhead with those set factors, and you look at how much better it is. I don't know if I want to say if it's more of a challenge for Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes has seen it all at this point. I just think it's the same challenge, but with a little bit of a twist. Because, you know, Osai is kind of the guy who, like, sealed the game on defense for the Bengals with the hustle of a century. If you guys remember, Zach Taylor called this sack on Mahomes in the fourth quarter, the hustle of the century. So you think about all those other players. And how could I forget Cam Taylor Britt? I mean, and I want your all's take on this. Because he said, you know, he was asked why... Uh, are you so good against top receivers like Stephon Diggs? And he said, you got to be physical because receivers don't like that because they're soft. Like, those are his exact words. I mean, he is not a rookie. 
He's definitely not a rookie at this point, guys. He's absolutely. He's a technically a rookie. Well, like, if you want to be anything, anything but a rookie, doesn't say that. I think we'll have to put an asterisk next to that, honestly. With the way he's talking, you got to put an asterisk next to that rookie title. Uh, I know, I know, uh, I'm rigging the rules, but the point yeah, is, I was gonna, he's like, just technically, Yeah, I mean, like, listen, <laughs> like, my point was that Lou grimaced vis- visibly when you mentioned that, and it's, I think the point is that uh, first and second year players are tend to be more open with the media and give them those color colorful quotes, and then they get uh, veteran, um, you know, talk to, and uh, yeah. um, don't try to do those things because other players use them as motivation, which the Bengals have done all season. Right. Um, but, I mean, you know, he's, he's been good. I mean, he's, he's stood in. But, I mean, I, in terms of what your point was, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is game planning for Joseph Asai. That that I don't agree with. I'm not saying it's him, but I think if you're Andy Reid, like you got to be ready for him. You got to be at least. I mean, you have to be ready for Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. But with Osai, I I would think you'd have How to. How much time, Andrew, is uh, they spending on Joseph Osai? <laughs> I'm not saying you dedicate Over your whole under game six plan. Hours. Over I think another six hours. You're taking this too far. I'm not saying you focus your game plan on Joseph Osai, but when you look at the fact that they use him a good bit. And he's in a lot of those formations. Andrew, I mean, are you not going to answer? This I'm just, I'm sorry. I was, so I'm running off two hours of sleep, and it just was so funny <laughs> that you said it's under. Um, it's no, under? Okay. It's, it's, it's a little you, under. You it's just a little down. under. Um, a little. I mean, I disagree on that, but I'm, the, that's not well, even I mean, the and issue. Like, but to, like, it, if you're going to, I mean, the, the, the thing about the Bengals that we've kind of talked about all year is that there isn't an um, – I'm prepared for Mike to say that I'm insulting Trey Hendrickson and his ancestors. Um, but, like, they don't have a Aaron Donald-level player on this defense. They don't have a, you know, Jalen Ramsey-level player on this defense. They're just all really good at what oh, they you're do. you're planning for, for the scheme. And like, that's and what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you're – but, like, if you're going to look at – if you're going to look at the pass rush, like, individually, um, the, the – I mean, the three guys you're worried about right off the hop are Reader, Hubbard, Henderson, Hendrickson. and Reader up the middle. Uh, and then obviously that uh, there's B.J. Hill there too. Um, Osai, I mean, he's just like a like a situational guy, but you're going to need – But you got to be ready for that. You're going to need different types of pass rushers exactly. uh, in Kansas City. Like you're going to need different types of blitzes, different types of looks, um, especially if Mahomes is hobbled because you're going to need to throw stuff at him and – I mean, one of the things that makes Mahomes so great is that he can get out of the pocket. I mean, I've said this before. I've watched that man in the Super Bowl throw a football 30 yards while parallel to the ground. Like, he can do a lot of different things just physically that other quarterbacks have really never in NFL history been able to do. Absolutely. So you've got to throw different things at him. You've got to you, – I think you've kind of got to make this, like – kind of like a NASCAR pit stop on your defensive line this week. You've really <laughs> got to make these guys, like, you got to rotate them heavy, you got to rotate them quickly, and you got to just keep them fresh because if you get after Mahomes and he can't really move, then you're going to be fine. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a group effort with the Bengals like it has been all year. It's not going to be, you know, one singular guy on the defense or a, a position group on the defense because it's going to take – I know it's cliche, but it's going to take all, you know, 20-whatever players are going to play. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm not saying, oh, just just focus on CTB, focus on Joseph Osai, focus on whoever, Jermaine Pratt. But I'm just saying if you want to give praises, you can definitely look at that, especially when you look at what those guys have done against a team like the Chiefs. But, you know, there's one thing the Bengals don't have either, Andrew, and that's a weak link. 
Zach Taylor has said, and I think he said it after the Buccaneers game, they haven't found that weak link on defense. And I still don't think they found it because it's just not there. There is no weak link. I think there's definitely room for improvement. Like we've seen that with Dax Hill. We've seen that with Cam Taylor Britt. I even think there's room for improvement at times for Joseph Osai since this was his first true year, even though he was a rookie last year. Um, but there's not that weak link because like the fact that they don't have the Aaron Donald or the Jalen Ramsey or whatever other elite position player name you want to throw out there, that's fine. But it also helps that there's no weak link either. And I think maybe this is kind of a tangent, but like, you know, with Louie Narumo and, you know, he's been in the conversation mill, the rumor mill for like head coaching jobs. He hasn't been interviewed for a job, but, you know, at the same time, he's not worried about that while you could also say, hey, like, you, you shouldn't be shocked if he uh, ends up being interviewed for a job like that because, like, I mean, again, I get it's a it's a offensively dominated league we live in, but, you know, Zach Taylor said he doesn't envy Lou Anderimo's job because it is tough. It is very, very hard being a uh, defensive coordinator in AFC because you got to deal with Mahomes, you got to deal with Allen. Now you look at Trevor Lawrence, like he's going to get a lot better. You got to deal with him. Um, and the list goes on and on. And so it is not easy. And from a running back standpoint, you got Derrick Henry, you got Nick Chubb, um, just to name a few. Like, it's it's not easy. So um, it is a remarkable job, I think. Like, what Luan Romo's done, I don't want to be that guy that says, oh, no one's praising him. But I think you got to put him in that conversation with, like, the D'Amico Ryans and, you know, the other top defensive coordinators in the league. I mean, you just have to. I mean, I don't. He's I, getting there. He's, 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 he's going to get there. there if he's not there already. Yeah, yeah, he's. I I wouldn't put him at like you know elite levels there, but he's he's certainly getting there. And like, I mean, another, the thing that the thing that is so impressive about what Lou does is that this defense. Like, there was a stat that I saw where if you take away, um, if you base if you take away uh, all of the like some of the elite like some of the other games that they've played. When you look at Mahomes and Allen and like some of the quarterbacks that they've played, in terms of there was a statistical number that it came into. I think it was CPOE, uh, which is completion percentage over expectation, and I believe the equivalent was they're basically turning these quarterbacks into Andy Dalton. Like they're <laughs> yeah, it Mac, Mac well, it was Mac Jones. But then if you take out Lamar, um, That's if you take out the funny. Lamar thing in Week Five, um, it was it was Mac Jones. If you include Lamar, if not, it's Andy Dalton. But either way, that's, that's so we're, funny. we're like you're you're arguing between two pretty mediocre slices of the pie there. Or are we are we um, talking like twenty twenty two Andy Dalton or yes, like twenty thirteen yeah, Andy Dalton? Yeah, this season. So like, okay. in, in terms of like what they were statistically, like they they do a really good job against elite level players. Um, I think you know, I'm not I'm not saying Lou's going to get a head coaching job this year. Like even if they, I'm, I don't really either, well honestly, Chiefs, but. Um, you know, if you play well against the Chiefs and then you're going to go to the Super Bowl and you're going to play either Kyle well, Shanahan or Nick and, Sirianni. And, well, yeah, but uh, Kyle Shanahan or maybe the most complete team in the league in Absolutely. Philly Absolutely. Um, in terms of top to bottom. So, like, you're going to have really, really strong chances to, to kind of assert yourself here. Um, so this is a big two-game stretch here for Lou. Um, but, yeah, I, I would put him up there, not there, if that makes sense. I see. I think that's a fair assessment, actually, and I think maybe these next two games will determine that, especially if the Bengals do go to Arizona and play either the Eagles or 49ers. That's going to be another good game to watch 
because that actually precedes the AFC Championship on Sunday. So that'll be good to watch. But when we come back, we're going to kind of flip this and set the stage offensively after all this defense talk. But before we go to break, if you haven't already, sign up for Cincinnati Football Insider. It's $4.99 a month, but if you sign up, it's a 14-day free trial. And if you stick with it, again, it's $4.99 a month. Go to cleveland.com slash Bengals. Click on the blue banner top of the page. You won't regret it. We'll be right back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So, uh, like you said, Andrew, um, Lou Anarumo isn't there, but he's getting there. Uh, Brian Callahan, I think, is a little bit higher because um, we didn't mention this in the podcast last week, but um, he had an interview with the Indianapolis Colts uh, for their head coaching vacancy that just opened up. Um, it'd be interesting to talk to him about that and maybe kind of find out more later on um, on what the Colts decide and if they move forward with him. But, I mean, just the fact that he's being considered uh, for a head coaching job, I don't think it's shocking to anybody because you just look at the fact that Joe Burrow's playing at the level he's playing at. The run game picked back up after kind of seeping down a little bit, you know, in the month of December and into the first round of the playoffs. I just think if you want to expand this and just the fact that he came here his first year in 2019 was when they still had any Dalton. Joe Mixon was obviously here. Tyler Boyd was here, but they were 2-14. and 14, And people were probably looking at him and Zach Taylor like, this isn't working out. Some of those same concerns kind of came a year later when Burrow was a rookie. He gets hurt, but even before that, like, the Bengals were probably like, what, 1-9, and 1-10, um, which isn't on him. I'm just saying that's kind of where the team was at. But to flip the switch last year and to keep the switch on this year, um, I think is just an absolutely remarkable job. And just the way they turned it around so quickly and with the rebuilding process, getting Jamar Chase, getting T. Higgins right after they got Joe Burrow on the draft. I mean, you think about it. The Bengals have drafted their RB1, their wide receiver 1, their wide receiver 2, and their wide receiver 3. And, I mean, I have to say it, of course, they're QB1, but, I mean, they did it. And uh, talk about Jackpot Joey. He has been a jackpot, but... I mean, just with Brian Callahan, just what do you like about his play calling? Like, what's really stood out this year to where he really could and rightfully should get a head coaching job this year? Well, Zach calls the plays. Um, Zach's the play caller. So uh, I think, you know, when you kind of look at the way – I still haven't looked at that Jamar touchdown um, just because it's been so quick. But like, the I don't know. That wasn't a touchdown. I, no, the, the first one. Oh, um, okay. I'm sorry. The, the first one where, where he actually was a touchdown – um, I don't know how he got left wide open. It was a blown uh, coverage. Was it, it was a blown coverage. It was a bad communication. Um, but they drove like. right down the field. and then. But the second touchdown, Hayden Hurst, Hayden Hurst was wide open, and I'm not sure that was a blown coverage because uh, Hayden kind of said that that was, that was the planned play. That was what they expected to happen. Um, so, I mean, Zach, Zach did a really nice job, but, I mean, obviously Brian's a part of those meetings as well. Um, right. He's, he's in there – game planning with Zach, he's talking to Joe, um, but I think the interesting thing, Mike brought up a, a point, you know, when, a week or two ago or whenever that was, where it was kind of like, hey, like, let's say the Colts do offer him the job, like, it's a head coaching job in the NFL, there's 32 of them, you know. It's worth you, considering. You, you definitely heavily consider that, but like, it's also, you know, a fact of, if you leave, you're leaving Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and you're leaving this offense and you're leaving this behind um, for a situation that's pretty bad. I don't know. Will Levis, 
Ugh. Will Levis, actually. Whatever. I, I, I covered him, by yeah, the way. Congrats. Same thing. Yeah, I know. My uh, condolences, like, whatever. Yeah, he, I, I'm not sold on him, but, like, again, you're, you're kind of talking dark. Well, actually, hang on. Why, you're, why, you're talking, why Will Levis? Why, why'd you jump to him? The Colts have the number five pick. He's not going to be the four, they, Well, they have the four pick. Four People pick. are talking about it. Like, if Stroud and, Stroud and Young go early... People go gaga for co- for quarterbacks, so like yeah, but uh, I don't think they're gonna go for him. If you there's got so better quarterbacks if, in that field, but if he's it's not it's those two, and then and then uh, will, um, but yeah, like if you, um, <laughs> but like if it's a, it's a tough situation. So like obviously you you probably take that job, but I think there is a little bit of pause there because it's like it's a tough thing to leave. So um, yeah, I mean, that is but a tough yeah, one. it's a it's a good room that Brian has here, and you know I think because of what he's done because of what Zach has done, because of what Joe has done, because of kind of what they've all done together. It makes it so, you know, leaving would be really, really difficult either way. He's not kind of forced into something. So um, he's kind of bought himself some significant leverage here, I think. Absolutely. Can I get a bump? A, a pay bump? Yeah, he bump. can, sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, they gotta, they, I mean they're going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to, like, start, like, selling yeah, but, out I mean, stuff sometimes, for Burroughs' you know, contract. You know, but, what the Colts are doing, I mean, a lot, sometimes – um, you know, I haven't dealt with college coaches and ADs. You know, I've been told that, um, you know, I'm not sure how it compares to the NFL, but you bring a guy in to pick his brain um, right. where, yeah. you know, you're, you're bringing in Callahan. Maybe not, I mean, if you get blown away, you can hire him, obviously, but, you know, to see his interactions with Joe and how he's handled the quarterback because they're going to be drafting somebody, how, you know, what's Zach's plan for success, and you try to take some of that stuff. Um, you know, not, 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 I'm not saying he's not a legitimate candidate, but... I mean, they're kind of going. I think it was nine interviews they'd already done as of like. Yeah, they've done it. They've done I think so. Yeah, it was the second one they had done on Friday. So I mean, they're shooting. Uh, you know, they're they're looking at a lot of different guys, and Callahan is an option. And you know, it, it, he's, he's obviously. Um, I think it's just you know, he's, they want every team wants to find a quarterback whisperer, and you know, a team that's going to spend draft capital on one um, will certainly. You know, when you have. A recommendation from Joe Burrow, I think that carries a lot of weight. Yeah, when when you yeah. have, I mean, when you like look at who's left in the in the league, I mean, you got Mahomes, you got Burrow, uh, you got Justin Fields. Uh, Brock Purdy's a bit of a special case because of I think Kyle Shanahan, but like I mean, every you can kind of do this every year where you look back at if you don't have a quarterback, you don't really have anything. Um, but that, about, I think what that's about, a, what about Allen, Josh Allen? Well, Josh Allen, I mean, even, I'm talking right now. But oh, like, yeah. Allen was in the divisional round. Like, there are quarterbacks, like, that, you know, that are, you know, to that point that are really good that are losing. But um, I think that's a Saban special, by the way, to take people in. I think it's like, isn't that what he's known for? To, like, you, you bring in this guy. Well, I mean, you, I just, I know you, from experience, I've talked to these, and they, they do that. They, you bring them in, and then yeah. you steal their stuff. Like, yeah. that's, what, that's what Saban does. Or you get their yeah. one, one thing <laughs> with colleges is, like, recruiting strategies and how they right. go about recruiting if they're, you know, teams having success. Um, obviously, that's not an NFL thing, but just, you know, what the plans are and how yeah. things develop. Yeah, so. that absolutely, yeah, I think that that, that that happens here. Not to get off topic, but uh, I know since you covered college athletics, Mike, uh, Bill O'Brien, there's been talk that he's trying to get back into the NFL. You make anything of that? I think that the, you know, he's always been looking for something else. You know, I think he wants a head coaching job, but, 
Uh, he's got connections with Belichick, but they, they seem to be going in a different direction. From yeah, the, the well, I mean, boards, but you went, you go to the Saban School of Wayward Coaching for two years, and then you you graduate yeah, so. to some OC or head coaching job. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, like, or it, even at the college level, be inter- too. Like, like, I, like, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he gets back into the NFL for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, it's kind of just, you know, steer back to, you know, Cincinnati and just everything this week. Um, you know, I like, you know, the thing with just that game is – and again, I don't read into this too much because we talked about it, but, um, you know, Burrow has said Arrowhead is the toughest place he's played. And again, we talked about how Highmark Stadium is up there with the weather, the snow, and the crowd factor and the noise. Again, you could say the same about, you know, Gillette Stadium being as cold as it is, but Arrowhead, like, first of all, have you guys been to Arrowhead? Have either of you guys been there for a game? I've never been to Missouri. You never been to Missouri? No. Oh, you're not missing why, much. Why, I'm, I'm not, why would I go to Missouri? What's, Saint, the, what's in Missouri? Kansas City. Dude, Kansas City's actually yeah. a fun city. Like, you're, you're, you should be thankful you're going there. There's a lot of fun stuff to do. Pass. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, come I'll, I'll on. Live. I'll live. You and your, your Northeastern arrogance. You. Northeastern? Well, you're from, know. like, the D.C. area, right? I consider that's, that Northeastern. That's not North. That's Mid-Atlantic. But that's Okay, Mid-Atlantic. I don't think anybody's... Mi- uh, you and your mid-Atlantic know. arrogance. Okay, I'm a, I'm a southern Midwestern kid, so I have more of a leaning towards it. But it is a loud place. I was at the AFC Championship last year. Now, granted, I wasn't covering it. Um, I was actually there in a different capacity, a.k.a. I was just there for fun. But I'm not even kidding. Like, I don't even think it was – was it halftime? No, it was before halftime. My ears were, like, hurting. Like, I was like – my like it literally feels like you know how you go on an airplane and like you go up and your ears start popping and then you go down and it unpops or whatever that feeling is like that you you kind of feel a fraction of that in that stadium it is incredibly difficult to play there um so burrow is going to be used to this jamar chase t higgins like they're all going to be used to this but since i mentioned cam taylor Britt and his his big confidence like you know if you're a cam taylor Britt or a joseph osai or any other rookie or Frankly, any other player who's never played at Arrowhead, because I'm sure there's some guys with a year or two of experience who've never played at Arrowhead, like, that is tough. Like, I could literally see that being like a, like a, I don't want to say a wake-up call. I think it'd be a rude awakening in some ways, because, I mean, Cam Taylor-Britt loved the guy, but it's going to be a different animal going against Juju Smith-Schuster in a place like that. It's going to be pretty tough. I mean, and even not just on a defensive side, offensively, like with snap count, silent count. Well, I was gonna, gonna yeah. That I mean, it, it definitely impacts the the offense more. I think the offensive line is going to have a tougher test in terms of that. Um, right. Yeah. Max, Sharp, we saw Max Sharp and so kind of that's what I was going to Max Sharp yeah. kind of did the silent. He did the silent count thing where you turn back, you look at Joe, and then you you know put your hand forward to let Ted know that he's ready for the snap. So uh, that is going to be I think interesting. Um, they they really stayed away from penalties. Were they only one two false starts? Yesterday, uh, two false starts. One or two. Oh, one false start. Oh, one false start. So yeah, so uh, they yeah. they really stayed away from the penalties. Um, uh, th- it's going to be a tougher challenge in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, you know, you they're they're obviously hopeful that uh, the uh, like the chemistry that you built up on on Sunday and the win like will will kind of carry over and just kind of get guys a little bit more comfortable. Um, but yeah, it, it's gonna I, like the the defensive guys. They're chilling because it's going to be quiet. Like when, yeah. when the defense is on the field, they can communicate all they want. Uh, the offensive guys, that's where it's going to be the issue, uh, specifically the offensive line, because like you said, Burrow's been there, Mixon's been there, the receivers have been there. 
they've all kind of done that. Um, but you've got, Ted Karras is is a veteran; he'll be fine. But Max um, Sharping, I don't know, know if he ever played in Kansas City. Like with you've the got Texans. you've got some some younger guys on Cordell the line, yeah that, yeah, that haven't played in this type of environment. So it's going to be interesting. That's going to be the unit that is going to be affected by the noise if if one is affected at all. And ironically, you know, like we've talked about, Hakeem Adeniji played at right guard in the last nine games of the year, including the entire postseason. So this is nothing new to him. Like he played in the AFC Championship as a starter. So it's, I mean, I'm sure Lyle Collins, I'd imagine at some point when he was with Dallas, they, they might have played at Kansas City. But even then, like he's a veteran. So like Karras, he would have been fine. But yeah, Max Sharping, um, actually, I'm sure he played there because the Texans, Played the Chiefs in the divisional round, and I think he was a. That would have been Sharping's rookie year. Would have been his rookie 19. year. That was the year they were up twenty-four zip, and, and they yeah. The final of that game was like 55, 55 31. Yeah, fifty-four. Yeah, it was like a fifty-five to seven run or something by Kansas. Fifty-one twenty-four or something. Ridiculous. So he would have been there, but I don't know if he actually played in that game because he was a rookie. But um, it's mostly going to be, I think, for like Volson, Cordell Volson. I mean, that's going to be a big challenge for him because I mean to go from North Dakota State to that is uh, exponentially different but yeah that's gonna be a big test for them but i kind of want to go back and see like how many false starts or penalties they were called for in the afc championship last year i know it's not a fair measure because that was a way different line most of which is not even on the team anymore but um you could i actually i want to know like i want to look this up like how many false starts have been committed by an opposing offense at Arrowhead Stadium, like, or what is the stadium that like holds the record for most false starts? Like, I, I want to see if there's a metric for that. I gotta, I think we have to ask Jay Morrison that. You think he might have the answer on that, Andrew? Well, apparently, Jay's got stats. So, oh, um, does he? Well, I mean, no, that's just what he tweets. Oh, I was uh, gonna say, like, did he really? Tweets. If he tweeted, uh, that, that as of 2018, funny. it was Arrowhead. Um, really? So, uh, in terms of false starts, so. Yeah, but it's also just the, for the 2018 season. Yeah, that was the first result I great, saw. Great, great. I know. Great, great analysis. Yeah. Dynamite drop in, Andrew Lonnie. Andrew doesn't have stats. Yeah, That's dynamite good. drop in, Lonnie. I have the results from 2012. Uh, it looks like. I bet you. I bet you the top two would be. Andrew doesn't have stats. Seattle, Seattle, and Kansas City. <laughs> oh, Seattle be, yeah, definitely. Seattle's, yeah. Seattle's a house of terror. Do you have any years before that? Because that was a big. Uh, let, hang on. Let me look for 2006. I'm trying to think, what are some uh, other stadiums besides? See, this is ridiculous, though, because I pulled this up. First result, uh, Bleacher Report thing. Second result, false starts by 2018. Uh, fourth result, 2017. Fifth result, an article from 2010. What is Google doing? Yeah, Google's what on a weird algorithm. I Googled stadiums with most false starts. I was trying to, I was trying to like give us an answer here, so and we didn't just leave the reader or leave the reader, leave the listener like waiting. And you completely failed. All right, well, so that's the listener's homework. Hey, but so you that, know what? That's their homework. It Find out your homework. No, we're gonna make them do it. <laughs> From now on, if, if you get a stat wrong, we'll just say Andrew doesn't have stats, and I'm sure Jay Morrison will gladly appreciate that. But uh, no, I do want to actually like look at the the, the context on that because that is interesting. But yeah, I'm trying to think. Arrowhead, it's a tough one. Seattle, like you said, that's a tough place. I mean, uh, now I don't know. Well, so SoFi is mo- it's indoors and outdoors, right? Like, isn't the roof retractable at SoFi? In LA? Yeah, no. that's not a loud stadium. Oh, that's no. not a very loud stadium. Well, I just, it is when the Rams are on offense, well, it's, 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 or the it's, Chargers well, are on well, offense. Isn't it the biggest in the NFL now? Yeah, but they don't. LA fans are yeah, notorious. They don't support their teams. So well, this, it's all the road. Which road is funny because yeah, the Super Bowl I don't even think was half Rams fans. It was probably just as many Bengals fans who came out all the way from around here to California, which is crazy. But well, now nah, that is something. But stay tuned with us this week. We're gonna find out if. 
The Bengals have a shot to bring their fans to Arizona if the Bengals pull it off this week as we break down all the insights. We monitor the health of Mahomes. And speaking of which, um, an update on Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams. Uh, Zach Taylor said they are progressing. Didn't give a definitive update, so we'll follow up on that. And much, much more as we break down Burrow versus Mahomes Part 4. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislik, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Stay tuned with us this week. Thank you.